You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and coming up, we're going to be talking about sequels to Spider-Man Homecoming and Ant-Man, Mads Mikkelsen playing the villain in Chaos Walking, and a Doctor Doom movie. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Meet the Movie Press. I am your host, Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of The Tracking Board, tracking-board.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at TheInSnyder. And it's Comic-Con weekend, so Simon is down in San Diego doing God knows what. And with me today, we're very uh, lucky, special guest, Christina Radish from Collider. How are you? I'm good. Thanks I for coming. Much better rested than the people that are at Comic Con. Yes, sure. we, we both got a good night's sleep. We're feeling chipper. <laughs> Where can the good folks find you uh, on Twitter and, and whatnot? At Christina Radish. All right, simple. Very Just easy. At Christina Radish. That way, I remember it. Um, so before we dive into the news, and we have lots of stuff between D twenty three and Comic Con announcements. You know, uh, the show is called Meet the Movie Press, and we want to find out about. The press who deliver you your movie news. So, Christina, sort of tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? I am an LA native. A ra- that, that's I'm, a rare. I'm a Valley girl. So okay. Yeah. Uh, so, how did you get into like this crazy business? Why did you want to write entertainment news? I've just I've always been a fan of film and TV. So when I started working on my college paper, I just sort of went toward the entertainment section a bit more. Which college? Which college? I started at at Pierce, and then I transferred to CSUN when I realized that journalism was... What you wanted to do. What I wanted to do, yeah. Okay, so how how did you link up with Collider? How did you get your sort of foot in the door for the folks at home listening who may want to do that themselves? I was already freelancing a lot, and actually ended up meeting Steve, or Frosty, at (laughs) Comic-Con was the first (laughs) time Don't blow his real identity. (laughs) It is Frosty. (laughs) Comic-Con was the first time I actually remember having a conversation with him. Okay, so you ran into him down in San Diego? Yeah, he wanted to get into a press room for Lost while it was still on the air, and, and I was was doing the press room so i just helped steer him that direction and we sort of just were friendly ever since and so how long have you been at collider now it's been a a bit i don't know exactly how long (laughs) you've lost track probably yeah they all the years all blur together but it's it's been probably like six to eight years maybe somewhere around there see that's that's a pretty steady i mean just to have one gig in this business for that long is very impressive yeah which worked for me it's better than than it was better than freelancing for me that was a little crazy uh yeah freelancing is a tough is a tough life um you know you you really got to hustle to to eke out a good living there dedication right so so what tell tell people what you do at collider I do primarily interview features for film and television. It varies as to which one I'm covering more at the time. Okay. But it's it's pretty evenly split between the two. So are you writing up like the, the news as it comes in, or you're, you're generally focused on longer features and interviews and that kind of stuff? I mostly just talk to people and, yeah, okay. I do the interview thing. See, I, I have so many interviews that I'm backlogged. Yeah. And, like, I've done the interviews... Uh, transcribe some of them, but it's just it's it's like a lot of work to get these interviews together, and I feel so bad because I've let the talent down, <laughs> and they're all waiting for these features to drop, and I'm just I'm too busy. Yeah, um, and transcribing is the bane of my existence. Yeah, it must take a lot of discipline. It does, and you have to. It's awful to hear yourself all day. Right? Do you ever can consider using like a service? I thought about have it, but I usually no? just do. I 
type very fast, so okay. I end up doing it myself. I, yeah, I don't trust other people, too, to, <laughs> yeah. to transcribe me. Um, so what's, like, the coolest thing that you've done over, you know, during your time at Collider? The coolest place you've gone, the coolest person, like, you've interviewed or opportunity that you've had? There's there's a lot. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of cool stuff. I, I sort of branched out into covering theme parks now, so it's always cool when you can cover something at Disneyland for free or, or you know, just the people you meet, the stuff you get to go to, you know, when you go to a party and some great band is performing. Mm-hmm. Or it's just, it's all... I have to remind myself all the time. We are, you know, we, we may not be paid that handsomely, <laughs> but uh, we do have pretty cool lives, I think, yeah. as movie press. We are exposed to just, like, you know, our, our heroes, whether it's our movie heroes yeah. or, like you said, uh, you know, bands playing, you know, like when I'm at Sundance, they'll have cool yeah. artists come and stuff like that. Um, okay, do you have, like, a favorite interview or an interview that just, like, went terribly... There, there's like a, any, there's g- a few that have gone. Give us your tales of the time in the trenches here, Christina. This is Meet the Movie Press. <laughs> if you're not going to give it to us here, who else is going to get this stuff? <laughs> there, there have been a few that have been terrible, but I can probably count those on one hand, and I've been doing this since 1994. So it's a pretty good okay. track record as far as the bad ones versus the good ones. Is there anyone who stands out as far as the good ones? Honestly, most people are pretty good. I mean, I... I Recently okay. had talked to Chris Cornell like two weeks before he had passed. Wow. So that was something that really kind of has stuck with me since then. And, and talking to Paul Walker for his last interview before his accident. Oh, wow. You were his last interview? Yeah. It wow. ended up being like 45 minutes. They sort of forgot and left us in there. And we really got to Don't know each that. other. And uh, it was like two weeks later maybe that's then? great again most of these most of uh, the movie press's interactions yeah. with stars are like two or two to three minutes when you're getting 45 minutes with someone like paul walker that's got to be pretty special yeah it was his last interview and they really did kind of forget that we were just sitting in there chatting wow. so that's pretty heavy chris yeah. cornell and paul walker um Okay, I like you know. In terms of myself interviewing talent, the one that sticks out to me is, is honestly, and, and it sucks that he's gone too. Robin Williams, yeah, uh, who is a bad interview in a sense that you can't get him to answer a question, yeah, but a great interview because you just like he just runs with it. He basically is just doing a stand-up routine during yeah. your time. Uh, he had the whole round table and stitches. I remember that yeah. was for this David Duchovny movie called House of D. Do you remember that? I remember that. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've been around a while, Christina. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a favorite movie or anything like that? Um, huh, More like favorite movie by genre, maybe? Because it's hard, so hard to pinpoint one movie, and I feel like... Well, what's like the poster? If I walk into your apartment, like what are the posters <laughs> I see on the wall? Gosh. I, I mean, most of the movies for me that really sort of stuck with me are the ones from when I was like in a certain age group. So things like Pump Up the Volume and Heather's. And, nice. Okay. And those kind of movies really sort of stuck with me. That's fair. So you have a thing for Christian Slater. See, we're learning uh, more and more about I do. you. <laughs> um, Which may be why I watch Mr. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I mean, should we get to the movie news? There was a lot of it. There has been. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Okay, let's start with yesterday's bombshell announcement. I did not see this coming. I don't know if anybody saw it coming. They And this was, like, right after the Fox panel. Noah Hawley was doing a panel on Legion. So, like, it was a bunch of TV reporters in the yeah. room. And he drops the news that, oh, yeah, I'm developing a Doctor Doom movie at Fox. Is this a good idea, a bad idea? Is this movie doomed? What do you think? I, I think that it has a chance to be really interesting with Noah Hawley. 
I mean, I, I certainly think that he's got a really interesting take and viewpoint on especially stuff in the comic book world. And I, I just think he's he's uh, definitely a very interesting writer. So I think it has more of a chance in that sense. Fargo is brilliant. And I'm always surprised by the number of people who haven't seen Fargo or stopped watching him. Like, what? what? This is like the greatest show on television. It, it is pretty awesome. Um, Legion. Did you watch Legion? I did. Did you, did you did you like it? Can't say I entirely understood it. Yeah, but I was. With I watched it. the first like two or three episodes, and it was a little confusing to me. And and I just loved Dan Stevens too much to go down the road with like a, a maybe mezzo mezzo TV show with him. Yeah, <laughs> I want to preserve your perfect image in my mind, Dan Stevens. So I backed away from Legion. Um, but it obviously looks gorgeous that yeah. show. So between his skills as a writer on Fargo and how uh, you know visually interesting Legion is, I think this Doctor Doom movie could be interesting. Yeah, and Fox has to—they um, have to keep making movies within the Fantastic Four, uh, Four universe in order to hold on to the rights. This is a way of doing that without yeah. actually having to make another Fantastic Four movie necessarily. Yeah, I mean, are, do you see a pattern though between like uh, when when studios are now? sort of looking to make the villains the stars, whether the Joker was sort of marketed as the star of Suicide Squad or Ven- there's a Venom movie now at Sony. Like, what do you make of that? I mean, it's it's an interesting way to get at it so that maybe, I mean, maybe they think the good guys are a little boring. I, I don't know. I mean, the villains certainly have an interesting history to dig into. It just is a matter of how they handle it because it seems that they haven't necessarily known what to do with them when they're in... The hero story. Right. Uh, I, I don't think either iteration of Doctor Doom was particularly beloved. Um, uh, the character is played by Julian McMahon and Toby Kebbell. Toby Kebbell, could, I thought, could have been interesting uh, with it, but that movie, we'll just never know because yeah. the movie was so bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious whether they are doing like a Doom movie where he's just going to be up against the Fantastic Four again, and it's, it's just a Fantastic Four movie from the villain's perspective. Or if... It's you know we're not sure what the take is yet. Yeah, and I feel like Noah Hawley would do something a little bit more unexpected. So I don't know if it'll just be the same thing or not. I, I don't know. I, it, he's just he's an he approaches it really interesting because he doesn't seem to think he's really kind of the comic book guy. Mm-hmm. Would do? Would you want to see? I, I don't think it, this will happen because I think they're going to want to sort of rebrand this as as a different thing, a new chapter, whatever. Would you want to see Toby Kebbell back, or would you want the role to be recast? I don't know if I really have a <laughs> stake in it either no, way. I no mean, it, <laughs> okay. I mean, if if the role was recast, is there anybody who you think would make a great Doctor Doom? Oh gosh, I think that would depend on what kind of Doctor Doom they're doing. Would you do a female Doctor Doom? I mean, I, I would be up for anything. I mean, I, I think that at least with somebody like Noah behind it, it would be an interesting approach. So, I mean, I right. would begin... So it's very early as far as this project goes in development, but the fact that Noah Hawley is there is, uh, is comforting and reassuring. That would be the appeal for me. Right. For okay. sure. Um, fair enough. It's, it is certainly an interesting way to, to, uh, to hold on to those rights. You know, yeah. We'll just see... Noah Hawley's obviously a busy guy. We'll see what kind of... What Fox's timetable is for something like this. Yeah, because it sounds like he's not going to be doing Fargo... Again, unless he has some really good convincing. Right, which, which would be such a shame, um, because I thought this, this season was really interesting, and the show continues yeah. to grow. He is supposed to be doing um, that movie Pale Blue Dot with Reese Witherspoon at Fox Searchlight. Uh, but clearly, Fox, smart to keep its talons in No Holly. Yeah, 
for sure. Whether it's on the TV side or the film side. Uh, and speaking of directors and comic book movies, news this week. I don't know how newsy it was. It was pretty expected, but uh, fair enough. John Watts coming back for Spider-Man Homecoming Two, I imagine it won't be homecoming anymore. <laughs> I don't know what the title of this thing will be. Now but what he did has you think come of the, home. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of the job that John Watts did on the first Spider-Man? And is good? Is it good news that he's coming back for the sequel? I mean, I think it is. I think when you have something that that clearly works and that pe- at least most people seem to really be enjoying, that it's it's smart to at least keep the director around for you know at least one more movie right it's like if, if mark webb got another shot uh, after amazing spider-man which was okay i mean it wasn't like the worst movie uh that was spider that was amazing spider-man too if he's getting another shot you got to bring john watts back you know he did right by this franchise he put a different spin on it uh the movie i think is doing well it's not maybe doing gangbusters but it's doing pretty well why mess with uh well, you know if it's not broke why fix it Plus, especially when you're still establishing a character, at least it keeps like the same tone and feel. The director knows, you know, where the character was going. So I think it's it's you know it seems like a smart idea. I think continuity, as far as yeah, like working with that young cast, um, because the cast is a little bit younger than most Spider-Man casts. Yeah, it makes sense to, to bring him back. He probably has a nice rapport with those performers. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Again, I don't know uh, if we're gonna see the Vulture. Coming back in sp- in the next Spider-Man movie, or or what the next uh, who the next villain will be, but yeah, John Watts did a pretty good job, I thought. Yeah, I'm I'm all for him sticking around a little bit. Um, what is there anything? Uh, what would you like to talk about next? Anything uh, that that stood out this week? <laughs> well, I, I personally really loved the the Wrinkle in Time trailer. Oh, okay, from, from, yeah, uh, hey, we can talk about that. So uh, D23, D23 was this amazing. weekend. Uh, there were there were two big videos that that uh, Disney dropped. Sorry, uh, one was a behind the scenes video of the new Star Wars movie, which looked fantastic. Yeah. And the other one was the first trailer for Ava DuVernay's A Wrinkle in Time. Um, so tell like you know what what excites you about this movie? Tell me uh, your thoughts on the trailer. Well, mainly I'm excited that the movie exists because I remember reading the book as a kid and thinking there's there's no way this could ever be a movie because at the time it, I'm sure couldn't have, but now that they can make things like that. It's it's pretty exciting to get to see it, and and I feel like it looks pretty great. The I was actually impressed with how good it looked visually. There were some yeah. amazing shots in this. Did you read this book as a kid? I did. I read it. I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah, I, was, I may have to go back and, and reread it. Yeah, I feel like I probably should too. But it, yeah, I mean, it made an impression on me as a kid because it it had a. a female protagonist and people came out of that presentation though talking about this movie like yeah. uh i think even our buddy justin krill friend of the show uh tweeted like you know all, all apologies due respect to, to ryan johnson and star wars but ava walked away with this thing yeah um yeah i thought i thought chris pine looked cool and and it's gonna be interesting to see um you know whether storm reed can carry a movie as big as this yeah yeah for sure and, and it's a really diverse cast that isn't as diverse in the book, so it's nice right. to see. Ava it. turned into a mixed race family, right? Yeah, definitely nice to see it opened up like that. It, it feels much more modern and contemporary that way. And Oprah Winfrey, man, she looks amazing. In yeah, this. yeah, all three of the women look pretty amazing. Who's it? Mrs. In it. Who, Mrs. Witch, and I don't even know Mrs. What's it? I think. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> something. That- <laughs> yeah, but I, I think just having the trio of, of Oprah, Reese, and Mindy is really kind of awesome. Uh, it goes to show you that that Disney doesn't necessarily just 
rely on Marvel or Lucasfilm or Pixar. You know, they're doing their own interesting stuff on the live action side. Um, so there was that. There was yeah, the Star Wars video I thought looks awesome. It does, yeah. It. Uh, I feel like you know, The Force Awakens had that unenviable task of having to like introduce new characters and that kind of thing. But now that they've been established. You know, it looks like Ryan Johnson's exploring a bunch more corners of of this world. Like the the creature design and some of like the new yeah. creatures characters, I thought looked amazing. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, how do you find something that people talk about as much as BV8, and then you go and get that cute little creature, and now everybody wants that. Oh, the porg is yeah. that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, that thing was adorable. <laughs> it was very cute. <laughs> and everybody is still talking about that. Are you a a Star Wars kind of gal? I am because I had an older brother who was definitely a, a Star Wars guy. So. Oh, okay. See, I didn't have that cool older brother being like, hey, kid, check this out. Watch this. Watch that. I was that cool older brother. Yeah. My brothers better fucking appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, my brother was blowing up the action figures in the backyard, so it's hard <laughs> to ignore that. Um, okay. Okay. So you're excited for The Last Jedi. I am, at least from what we got to see. I mean, I feel like we haven't seen a lot of actual footage in the movie, but I don't really care because it just looked really cool. Yeah, you got, they got to keep it uh, close to the vest. Um, so that looked cool. And then there was uh, there was other Disney news. Walton Goggins joining Ant-Man 2. Who is he going to play? It's a, it's a mystery. <laughs> I'm friends with Walton. He can do no wrong, in my opinion. I think he is just... I mean, he's one of the best human beings on the planet, but mm-hmm. he's also just a terrific actor and... I th- yeah, I think villain he's, or hero, I don't care. He's he's uh, awesome. I'm very curious which way that's going to go. I mean, it, on the outside, it seems like he would make a great villain. Um, I just don't know if he's sort of. I don't, is he like being type? He's not that he's been typecast like that. Maybe it's just like the things that I hear uh, that he's up for are all like villain roles. Like I think yeah. he's playing the villain in the new Maze Runner. Um, he's in Tomb Raider. Is, uh, is that it too? Is he doing both? I don't know. I just know he's in Tomb Raider. Okay. Right. I think, but he may be her father in that one. I don't know if he's a villain. Either way, it's going to be very interesting to see which side of uh, good and evil Walton Goggins is on in Ant Man 2. I'm curious to see what his character is going to be. Yeah. But clearly, they got another great sort of character actor like they did with Corey Stoll in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, he's just awesome. He's such a good actor. I was such a, a. fan of of the shield but then also justified i mean he was so great on justified and i i I loved him on the shield too i didn't really watch justified but i'm loving him on vice principles yeah do you watch that i do yeah Yeah, i'll watch anything he does and i thought that show was going to come back this summer it's not coming back until september which is strange because they've already shot it all. They shot right, the exactly. They shot together. Yeah. I was a little confused about that, but uh, I guess you know they wanted to go with ballers and insecure and, and whatnot. So it makes sense. Uh, September going back to school. Um, okay, there was some other director news. There's a lot of director news this week. Uh, Andy, is it Muschetti? I don't know I how think, you pronounce his name. I think it's Muschetti. <laughs> uh, Muschetti um, directing Robotech at Sony. I gotta confess, I don't know what Robotech is. I don't care about Robotech at all. I didn't even have my staff cover the story. What do you think? I mean, it seems like some people think this is like a huge property. What's your stance on this? Yeah, I mean, I it, I feel like it seems to be too, but all I really know about it is that I had some dolls when I was a kid. You had Robotech dolls? I had dolls. Robotech okay. dolls that were kind of cool, but I didn't know what their place was in any kind of Robotech world. Okay. So you don't really give a shit about this either? I 
don't unless <laughs> I, I mean, if I see footage and it looks cool, are then you great. A, are you a fan of him as a director? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen a lot, but what I've seen is interesting. So. Are you a horror movie kind of gal? If it's good, I'm in any kind of movie gal. Andy, yeah, I, I, I think he's he's a cool dude. Him and him and uh, Barbara, I, I like them. Um, they did Mama, and yeah. they have It coming out in September, which looks fucking awesome. Yeah, I was just surprised that Robotech is the one that he chose. I thought he, you know, there were rumors that he might do Justice League Dark at Warner Brothers. Yeah. I mean, Robotech obviously a, a big job. I'm just I'm not familiar with the property. I don't need Robotech, Robopocalypse, Robo anything. <laughs> I don't know. If it yeah, feels I like it's been there, done that. I don't know if it's one of those things that you can really put like an original viewpoint on. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we we will see. Uh, I've heard good things about it, though. I'm and certainly then, curious about it. And then Crosstown at Universal, uh, Universal and Blumhouse hired Gerard McMurray to do the Purge Four. Do you like those Purge movies? I do. But I'm a I'm a Frank Grillo fan, so Ah, Grillo's the man. <laughs> uh yeah, I'll be curious to see if he's coming back for this or what they plan to do with that character. Maybe they'll start fresh. But uh Gerard McMurray did this movie Burning Sands. Have you have you seen it? Have you heard I of it? It was it was at Sundance, got picked up by Netflix, and it was on Netflix like within weeks, like uh, oh. a few weeks later. Um and I really like Burning Sands. I tweeted out how impressed I was with it after watching it. Uh, it's sort of like a college frat hazing movie, just like Goat, um, but with an African-American cast. And, and I just like the idea of an, an African-American director putting his spin on these Persian movies, which are kind of like political horror movies. They, they yeah. managed to say something, um, and we'll see if they continue to sort of go down that line. Yeah, it'll be interesting, because I, I feel like that is one of the things that maybe, you know, in the last one especially, the, the African-American characters were a little bit on the stereotypical side. So mm-hmm. it might be nice to see... A different kind of viewpoint to that. Uh, yeah, um, but I'm I, I I'm I'm down with this franchise. Yeah, you I know, think it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot there. It, to it's work evolved. With. It's evolved from just a straight home invasion movie. Yeah, you know, the the first one. Um, okay, what? Uh, oh, right, uh, Nikolai Arcel. This is someone pointed out to me on Twitter. This is the classic entourage move, the classic Ari Gold, what Ari Gold would do for his clients. Nikolai Arcel, director of the dark tower. Uh, we actually broke the news this week on the tracking board that he's going to direct the Robert F. Kennedy movie. Uh, it's an RFK biopic at Warner brothers that Matt Damon had been developing for a long time. Uh, dark tower. Not a lot of, not, not very good buzz on that movie right now. It seems like people are trying to find things to, be negative about with that movie that's true it sort of has a big fucking target on its back um i think sony was smart to keep the budget modest it's only like a 60 million dollar movie so you know even though it may look and feel like this big summer blockbuster it could actually turn it turn a nice profit um depends how it performs overseas but uh the buzz has not been kind to say the least and uh, so, 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 yeah, someone on Twitter is like, oh, I see Nikolai sort of pulling the Ari Gold thing where you announce your next project before this one comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it seems like something that is a smart move to do when everybody's talking so negatively about what yeah. you did. But I don't know. It just does feel like people are trying to find. I mean, now to even talk about people are upset about the length of the movie. I mean, Have you seen it yet? I haven't. OK. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet either. The I mean, length I'm of the movie has been cast. so over discussed. 95 minutes or 94 minutes. Who gives a shit? Um, I think... I don't know. I, I, first of all, if this movie bombs, I'm not going to lay the blame on our... Yeah, Nikolai's feet. 
Um, that'll be that'll go to the producers who have yeah. been developing this for years. A very long um, time. To me, it looks it's impressive that it's even being talked about in the same breath as these big budget summer blockbusters because it's made at a half or a third of the price. Um, and Arcel is a, also a noted writer. He did uh, he's written a couple of crime movies in the Department Q series that I really liked. That's an underrated. You know, those crime movies are probably on Netflix. He did the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, A Royal Affair. So he's a better um, you know a better writer than maybe he's been given credit for. Uh, and I'm kind of curious to see a Matt Damon as RFK. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Matt Damon is is an underrated actor. I mean, people seem to forget. They talk about his action skills, but they tend to forget about, you know, he's actually a pretty good actor. I think Matt Damon really wants an Oscar, an yeah, acting sure. Oscar. He has his Oscar for writing, and nobody can take that away from him, but I think he really wants that acting Oscar, and RFK may very well be the role that, that gives it to him. I mean, it's, you know, a, a, a juicy role for Matt Damon. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they focus on as far as Bobby Kennedy's life and who uh, Matt Damon surrounds himself with in that film. Um, It it seems like the possibilities are there, but it's just, you know, what production could start early next year. Um, And that means his fall slot could still be available. And and obviously there's been rumblings about uh, him going back to Torso, uh, the Elliot Ness project with, with Greengrass since they worked together on Bourne, I guess Damon was supposed to do it when he, um, when Fincher was directing that movie, so we'll see if uh, if they if he ends up doing that in the fall. If Paramount even moves moves forward with that, I'd heard that they were location scouting in Cleveland, though. Um, what about okay? What about Aladdin? Let's go back to D twenty three. Did you you saw this Aladdin news? Right, I did. Yeah, Mina Masood and Naomi Scott. Thoughts. I mean, it's hard to say without seeing them. in. I feel like we need to see them in the characters to be reassured in some sense. But are you reassured that they didn't cast like some white guy as Aladdin? I'm definitely reassured about that. Because <laughs> then it wouldn't be Aladdin. But, you know. Do they, I mean, are, are you surprised that they went with, like... An unknown for Aladdin? Like, do they? Did you feel like they needed a star like a Dev Patel or a Riz Ahmed, or do you think Will Smith is enough firepower as the genie? Yes, I mean, I I don't think they needed a star for it. I think it actually makes sense that you don't get one. I, I mean, at least for me, I, I like watching movies where you sort of get lost because you don't know the person and don't think about everything having to do with that person. And mm-hmm. I think Aladdin is a good movie for that. And and Will Smith definitely does help bring in some name recognition for sure. Yeah, and I think they'll get a big name for Jafar as well. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously it all makes me kind of nervous because I'm a big Disney fan in general, but mm-hmm. I'm also excited to see what they could do with it. Uh, well, they just brought on Vanessa Taylor to rewrite the script. She's a, uh, a Game of Thrones writer. Um, so it won't, it won't be like 100% Guy Ritchie, like, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that was sort of the big news to come out of uh, of D23. Naomi Scott, did you see her in the Power Rangers movie? I did. Was she good? I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, the kids in it were good. It's just hard because individually they didn't have a lot of material on their own. So. Okay. So she didn't really make an impression either way. Yeah, I mean, she out. didn't make a bad impression, so she there's that. Yeah. Okay, I know Disney's had their eye on her for a long time. She was uh, one of the finalists for Tomorrowland. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I would be nervous if there was only the animated movie to go by, but it seems like at least also having the, the stage show to look at that uh, 
it's a little reassuring that people can actually be in it. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, there was a story yesterday, too, that uh, Justin broke that Bill Hader is joining Anna Kendrick in Disney's Nicole. They're going to play Santa's children. You heard of this? I have not. Does the, uh, like, <laughs> so uh, I think it's, you know, Anna Kendrick is going to have to save Christmas. And I don't know if Bill Hader will be the brother who helps her or sort of the uh, uh, brother who antagonizes her. It makes life difficult for for her. I don't know if there's a sibling rivalry there, but what about do you like that idea of Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader as siblings in a Disney movie? I think it seems really fun, and and Bill Hader is one of those people that could really go either way with the character, right? So, I mean, it seems like it'd be fun. Do you have a favorite like Santa Claus or Christmas movie? The main one that stands out for me is Elf, just because okay. it was probably the more recent one, and I used to to watch it. With my mother, but other than that, I mean, I, I do. I'm I'm a sucker for holiday movies, but the, there's like a million Santa Claus movies in development right now. Everybody's yeah, racing to, to to find the next Santa Claus. I that think Tim it's Allen there franchise. hasn't been that. You know, there hasn't been one in a while. So right. people, Kevin Hart's want trying that. to do it. Uh, I mean, there there are a few. Maybe I don't know if Melissa McCarthy is one of them, but it looks like uh, Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader are going to beat everybody to the punch. Well, at least it's, and it's a different approach too. It sounds like so that might be right. It's not as well. just boring old Santa who we've yeah. seen before. Um, okay, here was a big one. This was one that all us trade reporters have been on for almost a year. Uh, back when the project was at Nef uh, at Universal, it took a while to get the project out of Universal and over to Netflix. Uh, you know, Scott Stuber was at Universal and, and is now running Netflix. But Sandra Bullock signing on to star in Bird Box. Have you read this book? I haven't. I read it. It's pretty interesting. It's like about a mom who has to sort of ferry her two children, you know, from point A to point B, but they're like blindfolded and and like there's like monsters sort of lurking outside this boat and they if they take their blindfolds off and see them, then bad shit happens. So, um I'm not doing the story justice. That was a terrible description. Uh, I feel like a lot, a lot of big actresses were offered this part. But the idea of, I mean, net, let's talk about it from this point of view. Netflix getting an, a big actress like Sandra Bullock. They continue to change the game. They got Will yeah. Smith and Bright. They got Brad Pitt and War Machine. Now Sandra Bullock. Like, is Netflix coming for Hollywood's A-list? I think they think they are. I don't know how everybody else will respond to it. It seems that Christopher Nolan is not so uh, keen on the idea of movies well, on Netflix. Oh, okay, let, let, let's sidetrack <laughs> on it. Like, that's a good segue. Like, what did you think of those quotes? He came out breathing fire this week. Which doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's never really been somebody to censor when he has an opinion. But, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand the viewpoint from, from a filmmaker side. Right. I make movies for the big screen for theatrical exhibition, and I'm not interested in talking about anything else. That's fine, Chris. Yeah. But you have to understand that not everybody is Chris Nolan. Yeah. Okay? Not everybody just gets whatever the fuck they want. So there's a whole generation of filmmakers who are churning out talent on iPhones and, and whatever, and because of Chris Nolan, all the, the, you know, the theaters, the theatrical experience is now pretty much reserved for big blockbuster visually spectacular things and all these like indie movies and stories about real humans frankly wind up on netflix and amazon yeah i just felt like he was taking a huge dump on netflix when there i mean you watch netflix at home i take it yeah everybody's watching netflix at home chris (laughs) nolan they are i don't understand yeah 
I don't understand the point of of why he had to sort of take it as far as he did. Yeah, especially because there are a lot of people in a lot of cities now that that can't get certain movies that want to watch things that that's sort of the option. Right. Ava DuVernay was saying, well, what if you don't live near a movie theater, Chris Nolan? You know, what if what if the the, the local uh, movie theater in your neighborhood isn't safe? Or plays one movie, right? One, one movie, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, it, it kind of showed the bubble that that Chris Nolan may be living in, or may not be. I, I don't know. Um, did I you mean, see Did you see Dunkirk this week? I, I haven't. Are you going to? I, I probably will because it's one of those movies that my dad would probably want to see. So I'd most likely take him a to good see it. Father daughter movie. Yeah. Listen, I just haven't seen it. It's yet. a very good movie. Chris Nolan is a very good filmmaker. I don't want to take anything away from him or his accomplishment with this film, but it's not a masterpiece. Anyone calling it a masterpiece is just wrong. They're just wrong. Yeah, I, mean, I think I just—I think I just read a comment this morning that called it a brilliant masterpiece. And there was—I looked on Rotten Tomatoes. It was like four reviews in a row. I'll use the word masterpiece. The fucking film criticism is just dying. It's just like, <laughs> oh my god. But hey. Tune into the tracking board and read Drew McWeeny's A Review. Guys, I got Drew fucking McWeeny this week. Have you been re- Do you read Drew's, Mc, uh, rev- yeah, Drew's McReviews? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely read his work in the past for sure. Huge pull for the tracking board. Drew McWeeny uh, back on the beat. Uh, and so go over to uh, our site and check out his Dunkirk review because he gave it an A. But you know what? I, he did not use the M word. And yeah. I respect him more for it. Uh, but yeah, Sandra Bullock going to Netflix. I think that's a big pull for them. They continue to get uh, top talent. And uh, I think they're going to be providing competition for Chris Nolan movies for a long fucking time. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, obviously he's entitled to have his opinion. And he's welcome to not make movies for Netflix. Yes, but... and that's why we, we want, you know, we want people, we want both. We want everything. You know, in, in yeah. today's society. So Chris Nolan, continue making movies for the big screen, because I will continue to go see them. And uh, Gerard McMurray continued to make <laughs> movies like Burning Sands that end up pick, being picked up by Netflix, because I'll continue to watch them. Uh, and speaking of Netflix, ben, okay, here was another story that drove me nuts. Ben Affleck exits Triple Frontier. He was never in Triple Frontier. <laughs> Where is this story saying Ben Affleck to star in Triple Frontier? He was circling the project with Casey Affleck and Mahershala, but, like, he was never real. This was never truly on this guy's fucking schedule. So it it drives me nuts, you know, these stories that... It was, like, every trade, too. He pulls out... Because everybody just wants to write about Ben Affleck because he's Batman. Uh, Ben Affleck has other shit to worry about in his life right now. If you have seen a photo of Ben Affleck lately... He has other shit going on than having to worry about doing movies outside of Batman. Like, Batman, okay, you got to show up for that because you're contractually obligated and there's a whole fucking universe count- counting on you and resting yeah. on your shoulders. Every other movie, fuck off. Like, he should just be focused on fixing himself and his family. <laughs> uh, so, Triple Frontier, again, this is a troubled project that traveled from Paramount to Netflix. Talent has dropped in and out of it for over the course of the last five years. Catherine Bigelow couldn't get this movie off the ground. Um, so I just, like, did you, the the fans just run with it when they're like, oh, Ben Affleck exits Triple Frontier. Well, watch, Batman's going to be next. Did you see that those rumors this week? I don't know if I saw it this week, but every time somebody talks about and something new with Batman, right, I Right, he's like, leaving. He's yeah. leaving. He's not fucking leaving. Um, <laughs> Jesus. What is next? Let me ask you this before we talk about the next piece of movie news. Are you watching any TV lately? 
Are you a TV gal? I am. What do you, what do you watch? I'm, I'm watching Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. It's not too fucking weird for you? It, it was my, it's my all-time favorite show. Oh, okay. It was the first show that I actually got on the phone with friends and talked about after, so it's, it's been my thing for many years. Are you still calling those friends, or are you guys hopping in a chat room after? No, but I, I still, we still talk about, like, I cannot believe this is, there's new episodes that this is actually happening. I just had a moment a few days ago where I was like, is David Lynch just fucking with us all? I, I'm curious. That would be a good if, column. I would read that. Yeah, is David I mean, I, Lynch just <laughs> fucking with us all? I'm really curious as if we'll get to the end of these 18 hours and anything will have happened. There's 18 of them? Yeah, and we oh, just wow. got... We, I think 10 was the last one that right. was on. Right, see, I, when there was 10, I thought that was it. I just figured, like most shows, 10... There originally was going to be 9. Wow, okay. And then he wrote so much that he wanted 18, which is why the whole contract thing happened. Was 8 as crazy as everybody sounds? Uh, everybody says? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But so was 3. And people seem to forgot 3, because 8 just got so bizarre. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I'll confess, I was never a big Lynch guy, uh, let alone Twin Peaks, and so yeah, that's that. That one's a pass for me. But I'm glad that you're you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, so much of the original cast is back, but then there's also like everybody Nine Inch else Nails in Hollywood is performing an entire song on the show. Bizarre. Yeah, it's it's definitely like the t- that town has got the best bar ever <laughs> it's like no nine inch nails is just playing a local local club some guy is just introducing nine inch nails and they get like 10 minutes to play a song it's insane is there anything else that you're enjoying this summer i'm trying to think of because i'm so into watch i'm right now i'm in that headspace of watching all of the upcoming stuff because mm-hmm. tca is starting oh that's right after comic-con it's been d23 to comic-con to tca i watched a couple of, of tca things i think Did or you? I, ha- I haven't yet um <laughs> So I have a link for Mr. Mercedes. Yeah. The Stephen King thing. I've seen the first two. Yeah? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't know. Can you say if it's good or not? I forget. Uh, I think you can. Okay. It, did you like it? I'm digging it. It's disturbing me greatly. That's awesome. But I'm digging I'm it. I'm going to watch it this weekend. I, I wanted to watch it last night, and it became laundry night. And it's like, I, I got to concentrate for Mr. Mercedes. So Yeah, the the opening is really disturbing and upsetting. Oh, so. man. I can't fucking wait Just for that. Just be prepared. Great. And don't eat That's beforehand. great news. I also saw a certain documentary that's going to be on HBO about a certain filmmaker who does... Oh, the- yeah. It does dinosaur movies. Yeah, I haven't watched uh, that yet. And that is embargoed. But wow. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that yet. I have to watch lots of HBO stuff um, for TCA. Yeah. But they have some cool stuff there. I'm I'm interested in uh, Room 104. Yeah, I do want and, to check and out the Room 104. They're, they're presenting both of those. I saw the first episode of The Deuce. Are we embargoed on that? I, mean, I can't even keep track of all these fucking embargoes. Well, I feel like we're embargoed on like revealing anything, but... Uh, yeah, I, here's what I'll reveal. I'll reveal that um, the Deuce pilot is 84 minutes, and that's too long. Is it? I think Vinyl had a similar problem, and I really liked Vinyl. Uh, but yeah, I kind of lost focus with with the Deuce. Um, but these days, it's hard to judge a show by its pilot. Yeah. Uh, so I do plan to continue and move forward with the Deuce. Uh, I'll just say you got to tough out that pilot. Um, I, I actually just watched four episodes of Louder Milk, which is what is um, that? Louder Milk? Yeah, Peter Farrelly and uh, is directing it, and um, 
it's it's Bobby Mord and and Ron Livingston is, is oh, okay. the lead on it. It was actually really funny. What show? Well, I mean, what network is that? It's on? it's on Audience. I, I think it's like the the comedy with <laughs> Mr. Mercedes. It was it was right. an interesting double feature. Audience, audience Network, up and coming uh, network. Yeah, one of my like. favorite shows is on that network, Kingdom with Frank Grillo. Right. So, so. you you have to have Directv. You right? do. Yeah, see, I can't get DirecTV installed in my building. They won't let us put a, a dish on the roof, but uh, good thing I have my ways. Um, <laughs> let's. <laughs> there's plenty more new, uh, movie news to talk about. Uh, we've got about 15 minutes left in the show, and I want to give you uh, Simon's box office update, too. Um, Mads Mikkelsen. I love Mads. In Talks to Be the Villain in Chaos Walking. Are you familiar with this book? I'm not, but I am with Mads Mikkelsen on any journey he would your, like to go your, on. Your rider's eye. I am. Um, me too. I love Mads Mikkelsen. I loved Hannibal. I did as well. I miss, I miss Hannibal. Can't we bring that back? Yeah, I wish. I mean, I know they want to, so yeah, like, there's always hope. But in the meantime, yeah. we have American I'd Gods. Contribute, I'd contribute five bucks to that cart Kickstarter or whatever. Um, so, yeah, in the meantime, we have Chaos Walking. This is a movie that's going to star Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley, Spider-Man and Ray in one movie. It's a pretty trippy uh, concept. Doug Lyman is directing. I think that's a good sign as well. And this is uh, another positive addition with Mads Mikkelsen being in negotiations for Chaos Walking. Um, Definitely yeah. a good group. Yeah. Or do you think? Are you are you worried at all? He's playing villains too often. I feel like I'm. At least he'll make them interesting. I, I feel like I'm not so worried with things he chooses. Sort mm-hmm. of like Ben Mendelsohn. I feel like the two of them will just make anything they do interesting. I'm with you on that. I, I don't care if they're being typecast, so to speak, or whatever. Like, uh, I could watch these guys play bad guys until the end of time. Yeah. They're both just so interesting. Um, so, yeah, maybe Chaos Walking will be the r- the rare YA movie that actually works. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers remaking Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Tapping David Leslie Johnson to write the script. He wrote uh, The Conjuring sequel and Orphan and Wrath of the Titans and some other stuff. Um, do we need another Body body Snatchers movie? Is this idea played out? Is there another fun way to do it these days? I feel like there's possibilities there. It seems like if you're going to remake something, at least there's some interesting things you could do with that. But I don't know if we ever need another one of any of these things. Have you seen the original Body Snatchers? Or, I think I've or seen a couple remake, of them. Or? But, I mean, the, so the last time they tried to do this was The Invasion, right? With Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig, and that didn't go so hot. No. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll see who they get to direct on this one. I think that that will make a big difference. Um, and staying at Warner Brothers, uh, Boris Kitt this week reported that it looks like Shazam will be the next movie in the DCEU to go before cameras. A uh, bit of a surprising announcement just because who's Shazam? Yeah, they don't have a they don't have cast. Um, that could very well be announced this week at Comic Con. We we don't know when is the Warner Brothers panel. Do you I know? don't even know. I feel like it has to be like tomorrow, we, doesn't it, or today? I mean, we need a big piece of casting news to come out of Comic Con. I think yesterday and, was pretty quiet, so it seems like there has to be right. Something Fo- Fox today or didn't tomorrow. bring uh, Deadpool or X Men, and they were practically you could hear the riots from Los Angeles, the disappointment uh, ringing from San Diego uh, after that presentation was brutal. Yeah, it all sounded my my Twitter feed was pretty quiet. So when when things are that slow, it feels like it's. Not are, hasn't even really started yet. Are you surprised that Fox didn't do anything with Deadpool or X Men yesterday, or is that just like that's what Comic Con these days? 
Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it seems like they either make tons of announcements at, at Comic Con or they either go they big or don't go home. Say anything. So yeah, it's it's kind of strange now, but. Yeah, it seems I mean, like it, they would have done something. It's it was it's definitely well, curious with two X Men movies coming out next year. You'd think that you'd want to bring something to the con, uh, but you know Fox may have its reasons. Um, yeah, Shazam. I don't really know this character. All I know is that he says Shazam. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the, I, don't, I really don't even movie. know what what the prototype is like. What age they want? It's not like a teenager or someone in their twenties or someone in their thirties. It's unclear if Dwayne Johnson's in this movie. You know, he's supposed to be the villain who's getting his own Black Adam movie. But is he going to have a big role in Shazam, or is he just going to be like introduced at the end? I have no fucking idea. Um, and, and and even the director, who's the director? It's like I don't even know. Like I also feel Annabelle? like with a title like that, it has to be a comedy. Maybe the lights out guy. I forget. <laughs> Maybe Shazam will be, uh, you know, the sort of lighter, fluffier. DC How do you have movie? a dark movie with a ty- with a character <laughs> named Shazam? Shazam. That, that is a that is a fair point. <laughs> um, Darren Aronofsky this week. Uh, he's going to do a courtroom drama centered around AI. I kind of love this. Yeah. What do you think? It kind of scares me. Just you know the fa- the whole idea because it seems like it would be like so much so real with someone like that in charge that I feel like I'm gonna have nightmares over something like that. The, the courtroom drama, and we're gonna talk about it uh, for our next item too. The courtroom drama is a dying genre um, because you know we basically get it every week on television. Yeah, you know whether it's Law and Order or whatever. Um, but the idea of Aronofsky doing a courtroom drama with a sci-fi twinge, I imagine it's, you know, maybe an AI robot that commits a murder. It's kind of like iRobot, but instead of being like an action movie, it's like, no, we're going to arrest this robot and put him on trial. <laughs> Which is such a strange idea, but maybe they'll make it work. I, you can see, though, that Aronofsky has sort of wanted to do a kind of a murder mystery for a while. He was flirting with that project about the first murder on the moon. Like, you know, like in the future with space stations and shit. Um, I don't think he ended up being attached to that. But, uh, yeah, the idea of him, like, this could be his ex machina. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, he's really, he's one of the filmmakers that I've always found so interesting. I I think he approaches everything in a really interesting way. And he makes good movies, but he seems to take a long time thinking about it in between. Um, yeah, but they are typically worth the wait. Uh, yeah. His next film is a home invasion film with Jennifer Lawrence called Mother. It got moved up yesterday. Normally, you don't see movies like that get moved up. It moved up from mid-October to mid-September. We haven't even had a trailer. It's yeah. two months out. But, good news, if you're seeing Dunkirk this weekend, word on the street is you will see that trailer for Mother. It has not hit online yet. I don't know if it's going to be attached to every print of Dunkirk, uh, but... In it's select, like an interesting choice. In select markets, yeah. Sure. Uh, I Man, I can't wait, wait to get a look at that because uh, I'm very, very curious. Um, and right, speaking of courtroom dramas, there was news this week that Alec Baldwin is going to replace Jack Nicholson in NBC's like live staging of A Few Good Men. Can you see Alec Baldwin as Colonel Jessup and doing the whole you can't you know handle the truth line? At, at this point, I feel like Alec Baldwin is just going to make random choices that then you go, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah, nobody would have re- you know, thought that he would join SNL. Yeah. Um, but he practically has as, as Trump. Um, I, I kind of 
I like Baldwin as as Nicholson. Like if you can't yeah, get so Jack, I. and obviously he seems to have been retired. Uh, Baldwin known for having a bit of a temper, and that he is. And yeah, he carries himself like a military leader. I think it could be really cool. I think it could be, too. He's a, a great actor, which people forget every time he right. attacks somebody. Um, <laughs> have you watched any of those live shows? In little bits. I haven't really watched the entirety of one of them. Yeah. Because they well, all seem they did, like, silly. what, The Wiz and Grease and Peter Pan and yeah. shit? Yeah. I did watch m- most of Grease. This is the first thing where I'm like, okay, this is appointment television viewing. Um, elsewhere, uh, Disney moved Mulan to 2019 to make room for the Nutcracker. Taraji P. Henson signed on to voice a character named Yes in Wreck-It Ralph 2. I, I kind of love that. I, I just kind of love that there's a Wreck-It Ralph 2. Uh, yeah. That, that if is I a... can't get a Zootopia 2, at least I can get a Wreck-It Ralph 2. Is that the, the Disney movie that you really want to sequelize? Well, I loved, it was my favorite movie last year, so. Really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you really I, are a Disney fan. I am. I like it. So I, I loved Zootopia, and at least I loved Wreck-It Ralph as well, so at least we get a sequel to that to hold me over. Um, yeah, that that movie was adorable. And all of the Disney princesses definitely excites me to have them all in Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I, I did read about that scene. I wasn't at D23, so I didn't see it, but uh, it sounded cool. Um... Let's see, elsewhere, Girls Trip director Malcolm D. Lee got a deal at Universal. Are you going to see Girls Trip? I've seen it. Did you like it? I loved it. It's Everyone's saying this so movie's hilarious. really good. I think it's going to surprise this weekend. It seemed to tie Valerian last night at Thursday uh, shows. I think they both did about $1.7 million, with Girls Trip heading for a weekend in the mid-20s and Valerian looking to open uh, high teens, low 20s, uh, while Dunkirk did 5.5 last night and could be overperforming uh, at, 40, you know, projections were 30 to 40, now they're like 40 to 50. So Girls Trip, though, uh, was Tiffany Hodge the real deal? She's so great in the movie. I mean, you just you laugh so much at everything she does that it, you miss, you know you're missing jokes. Do you think she could like blow up and like become like a movie star who they put front and center in a movie like a Melissa McCarthy? I think she absolutely could. She was just on a talk show too that she was hilarious on talking about the movie, and I mean she's just she's so funny. And I, I just spoke to. Mike Coulter yesterday, and and he said she's just on all the time. It didn't matter if the cameras were on or not. Mm. She's just always on. Some performers like that, they don't know how to turn it off. Uh, and and when I saw footage from this film in March at CinemaCon, I, I thought it looked great, and she really stood out, and I tried to get an interview with her. We tried to make her our up-and-comer of the month, actually, at 37 years old. And we got turned down. <laughs> and I understand that because it's like, well, you know, who's the tracking board, and well, you know, why do why does Tiffany Hodge need to do an interview with them? But uh, that that was a bit of a bummer because I think that she, uh, from what I've seen, is a real star in the making. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, I, I might check that out. This you really weekend. have to hold your own with three other women with that strong of personalities, and and she really does. I mean, she's the one everybody's been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I may, I may go grab a drink with that writer, the writer of that movie tonight. Um, the movie's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we also broke some news at the tracking board this week that Steven Soderbergh has shot a secret movie on an iPhone. Because of course he has. With Claire Foy and Juno <sighs> Temple. That's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if Hollywood Reporter Deadline wrote that up. I don't know if they're really serving their readers these days. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, Soderbergh and Claire Foy teaming up, and then like an hour later, Kroll chimed in with the Juno Temple casting. Uh, you know, sometimes you just got to shake a few trees for the 
leaves to fall off. Is that, is that a saying? I don't know. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> it, I've said it, and now it's a saying. Uh, yeah, that was a tough movie to get any uh, sort of confirmation on. But the idea of Soderbergh, you know, experimenting again with an iPhone, uh, which, you know, Sean Baker used to shoot Tangerine, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I loved the Nick, and I thought that was such tremendous work that I just anything that experimental that he's doing, I'm just all in on. Um, me too. Not that anybody else could just say, hey, I shot this movie on an iPhone, and they just take it from them. He's but, one of the great directors. Yeah. And so is David O. Russell, yeah. who's now doing a TV series Which with De Niro to, and Julianne Moore, and he just got Michael Shannon this week. He's been trying to do a TV series for a while. Not this particular one, but he's tried a couple times, and they've fallen apart. Mm-hmm. But this one looks like it's going to stick, and Michael Shannon is a great addition. Um, Definitely. Uh, let's see. Ryan Murphy named uh, the next season of American Horror Story Cult. This is this is Meet the Movie Press. We don't really care about television. I've never even seen American Horror Story, but I like that title. Yeah. Do you watch the show? Sometimes. Yeah. I tend to watch about half of it and then stop. Okay. <laughs> um, it just usually gets too gross for me to keep with. Uh, how, how, many, how, much, how many more minutes do we have in the show? In the booth. Can we get five? Great. Got a few more items. Uh, Jonah Hill's movie, mid-90s. This thing's already shooting. Um, and yes, I broke the news that Catherine Waterston's going to replace uh, Michelle Williams. And Sonny, Sonny Soljic, uh, who just signed with WME, he's going to play the kid in it. The directors of Nerve, who also did Catfish, they're in talks to do a Mega Man movie. I grew up playing Mega Man, did you? No. Uh, I'm not. I don't give a fuck about a Mega Man movie, though. It's like, really? There's a Mega Man movie? What is what? What is going on? Um, <laughs> Anne Hathaway's doing like one of those like buried type movies where it's really just her. Uh, it's called O2. That sounds interesting. Do you like those kinds of movies where it's just like it, one person for the majority of the film? It's so hard to pull off a movie like that. Yeah, Buried was trash, uh, but there are some there's, good examples. There's some. Yeah, but it's it's a very difficult thing to take on, for sure. Um, Felicity Jones replacing Natalie Portman in the Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie. That was a bummer to me. I thought yeah. this was like Natalie Portman's passion project for years. She hired Mimi Leader. She did all the work. And then at the last second, but Felicity Jones. I don't see Felicity Jones as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. How do you feel about this replacement? I thought it was really strange, too, because I, I spoke to Mimi Leader about it not that long ago. Mm-hmm when we were chatting about the last season of The Leftovers. And um, she also seemed like pretty into working with Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. and So it, it definitely was a surprise. Big me. surprise. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't like that swap, I have to be honest. I thought that was going to be another Oscar for Natalie. She deserved it for Jackie last year, too. Yeah, I sort of um, wondered then if like a movie like that should be put on hold when something like that happens. I mean, I don't know what the reason why was. But. Yeah. Uh, there was a zillion trailers this week. Honestly, we're we're out of time. We can't talk about all the snuff this stuff. But I would check out the the Snowman with Michael Fassbender. Only the Brave, which I wanted to talk to you about. Your father, your father's a firefighter, huh? Retired, but yes, that's pretty cool. Only the Brave. Maybe it, it could very well be the, the the best movie about fire since Backdraft. Yeah, uh, it certainly looks like. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Great so, cast: Miles yeah. Teller, Josh Brolin, Jeff Bridges. Uh, there was a Jigsaw trailer this week. Do you watch the Saw movies? I've seen some of them. You're going to see this one? I don't know. I'm we'll going to see Jigsaw. I, I watch all will. that shit. I'm going to see Jigsaw. I'm going to see Leatherface because I'm a sick fuck. Uh, <laughs> how'd the Guillermo movie look to you? 
It looks amazing. I think it looks super cool too. The Shape of Water. Check that one out. There also we also got our first look at the Disaster Artist with uh, James Franco as Tommy Wiseau. That should be cool. And also check out this trailer for the movie Alpha, uh, which looked like The Revenant with a teenage lead. Um, Dunkirk is out this weekend. Go see it. It's very good. Girls Trip. Christina Sot. She really liked it. Go see it. Valerian. Go see it because, I mean, you have to see it on the big screen. It looks extraordinary. But, yeah, the story and the casting, yeah. Did you see it? I haven't, but I've heard yeah, that from well. everybody. Yeah, not, not great. The movie that really uh, blew me away this week um, is Shot Collar. That, I think, is available on DirecTV today. It comes out uh, in select theaters and maybe VOD in a, in a few weeks. It's with Nikolai Coster Waldo from Game of Thrones. And it, I fucking loved it. It was the best prison movie I've seen in a long time. And speaking of prison, O.J. Simpson has been paroled. The juice is going to be on the loose, folks. So stay safe out there. <laughs> Whether you're in the Brentwood area or down at Comic-Con this weekend. That'll do it for Meet the Movie Press this uh, this Friday. Christina, thank you for joining us. Where can the good folks find you again? Remind us. I am at Twitter at Christina Radish. Uh, and keep uh, doing all, you know, great job at Collider. They're very lucky to have you. I'm Jeff Snyder, at the Inn Snyder, editor-in-chief of the tracking board, tracking-board.com. This is the Popcorn Talk Network. Make sure you uh, rate, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff so that we can continue doing the show. And Simon Thompson will be back from San Diego next week. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> Have a great weekend. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.